0: And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart.
1: Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name's David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Rob Longo, Tom DeAngelis. Welcome, one and all. Thank you, David. David awesome, here. awesome. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter ten, verses one through twelve and seventeen through twenty. But before we break open the bread of life, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit in to help us see what we're to hear?
2: Absolutely. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Yeah. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the gift of your love. Thank you for the gift of choosing us. And as we, uh, as we look not too far back in the rearview mirror, uh, celebrating uh, Fourth of July country's independence. We thank you for the gift of the United States. Uh, God bless America is said often, but help us to live in appreciation of the blessings that you've given us and you continue to give us, Lord. Thank you. Help us to declare our dependence on you today and always. I'm just going to pray a prayer. It's called the prayer of abandonment. This is a prayer of total surrender, total dependence. Like I said, as we just came off of celebrating our country's independence, let's Let's go to the Father, uh, totally dependent. Father, I abandon myself into your hands. Do with me what you will. Whatever you may do, I thank you. I am ready for all. I accept all. That only your will be done in me and in all your creatures. I wish no more than this, O Lord. Into your hands I commend my soul. I offer it to you with all the love of my heart. For I love you, Lord, and so need to give myself, to surrender myself. Into your hands, without reserve and with boundless confidence, for you are my Father. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father Son, Son, Holy Spirit, Spirit.
1: Amen. amen.
3: And Tom, do you mind giving us a little gospel love? Sure. Again, it's from Luke's Gospel, chapter 10, verses 1 to 12 and 17 to 20. At that time, the Lord appointed 72 others whom he sent ahead of him in pairs to every town and place he intended to visit. He said to them, The harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. Go on your way. Behold, I am sending you like lambs among wolves. Carry no money bag, no sack, no sandals, and greet no one along the way. Into whatever house you enter, first say, Peace to this household. If a peaceful person lives there, your peace will rest on him. But if not, it will return to you. Stay in the same house and eat and drink what is offered to you, for the laborer deserves his payment. Do not move about from one house to another. Whatever town you enter and they welcome you, eat what is set before you, cure the sick in it, and say to them, The kingdom of God is at hand for you. Whatever town you enter and they do not receive you, go out into the street and say, The dust of your town that clings to our feet is... Even that we shake off against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God is at hand. I will tell you, it will be more tolerable for Sodom on that day than for that town. The seventy-two returned rejoicing and said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us because of your name. Jesus said, I have observed Satan fall like lightning from the sky. Behold, I have given you the power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and upon the full force of the enemy." and nothing will harm you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice because the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice because your names are written in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
1: Christ. You know, reflecting on this Gospel, Robin, I can think today was the first day that I had seen this, where they were welcome, they said, the kingdom of God is at hand for you, and the sick were able to be cured, and, and they ate with them. But the people also that didn't receive the peace, it also says the kingdom of God is at hand. So be, for for us, it's really about our choices. And if we make choices that are not choices of God's love in the world, those choices have consequences. But ultimately, the kingdom of God is hand is at hand in that either we'll receive those rewards, which which is the love that comes back to us for when we give ourselves to others, when we feed the hungry, cure the sick, visit those in prison, or if we live a life of just me, myself, and I, the kingdom of God's still at hand, there's gonna be consequences to our choices. It's not Mm -hmm. that God's mean, but he's a just God, and he loves us. And sometimes our consequences are needed to wake us up, to come back to the Lord, have that heart of contrition, to say, "I'm sorry, Father, take me back into your family," you know, I can certainly relate to the prodigal son. So I found that interesting that both those lines were here, both for the people that welcomed and for the people that didn't.
2: And and it's pretty severe warning yeah, at, at at the point in the gospel where Jesus says, "I tell you, it will be more tolerable for Sodom on that day than for that town." So the kingdom of God is at hand. If we don't welcome the kingdom of God in our lives. It'd be more tolerable for sodom and so we remember with sodom and gomorrah we, we just heard in uh, one of the recent daily masses the story of abraham negotiating with god right starting with mm-hmm. 50 getting down to 10 that if you know there are 10 righteous people will you spare uh, this the people of, of sodom and gomorrah and, and god agreed but they couldn't find 10 oh, yeah. righteous but the message of hope in that is um yeah i had heard this explained that they were able to determine through archaeological digs that there were 300,000 people that lived in Sodom and Gomorrah at mm. that time. Wow. So the righteousness of 10 could have covered the multitude of sins of 300,000. So each one could have covered the multitude of sins of 30,000. Whenever I hear Sodom, whenever I hear Gomorrah, or Sodom and Gomorrah, I just think of that, you know, that that talk it was called the message of hope. And for us, when we live a life completely surrendered to god and we pray and we fast and we offer up sacrifices for people i mean that's there's power in that mm-hmm. right cuz like you know like our lord said you know if i find 10 i'll spare the whole the whole place and uh you know that's pretty generous right so that is a message yeah. of hope for us that you know are um, in situations where family members or friends you never think that you know there's ever going to be any 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 change in their faith or their acceptance of God in their life just keep going keep praying keep fasting keep offering up your sacrifices and know that your commitment that you are all in could cover the multitude of sins and and help people come back to our lord it's awesome
3: mm-hmm. i think it's an interesting contrast this week too with last week's gospel if you remember um there was a town in samaria that didn't welcome our lord and James and John said, Should we call fire down on him from the sky? Yeah. And now this week he's uh you know, and and then he said, No, you know, let him alone, we'll just we'll just go someplace else. And this week and I I didn't realize, it, and I think that's one of the great things about these gospel these weekly gospel reflections, is I always thought that last line where Jesus said, Yet know this, the kingdom of God is at hand, and I tell you it will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah on that day. I thought he was addressing that to the to the disciples. But that's part of the quote that he's instructing them to share with the people after they shake the dust off their feet, then say, know this. Yeah. So it it's not the same kind of sidestepping of a difficult situation that we got last week. But I think to your point, David, it really is important for us to understand, because I hear a lot, you know, from a lot of the radical atheist side of um, you know from their point of view is that God's a vengeful God, He's a horrible God, you know, how could anybody do this to his children? you know all that kind of stuff and yet, when we consider I think it shows a lack of understanding of God. we consider that God is is holiness itself and outside of God is is nothing. it's like he he can't operate just like God cannot love us, he cannot you know he he cannot operate outside of when we take ourselves outside of his holiness. We get what we get, you know, and and we call that God's justice, but it's really kind of our stupidity, you know. And we get a clear concept of God and how He loves us, and He calls us to holiness, and He's given us the opportunity. And then, you know, and most of us get that by the time we're seven or eight, right? If we're brought up in a good, you know, religious home, Catholic home, but know that you step outside of that, there are going to be consequences, like you said. But those are self-inflicted wounds. Those aren't things that God does. That's being the absence of holiness causes that in the situation. And to your point, Rob, he would much prefer that we stay inside that, that, that circle of holiness, so to speak, or that, that realm of holiness and stay in the kingdom than step outside of it and have to deal with the consequences.
1: And too many people say, well, you know, God is love, so everything's good. God's just love. But love is free, total, faithful, and fruitful. God allows us to make our choices to step out of his hand, to step out of that relationship of love and go our own way. Because otherwise, we're just mere marionettes. We're puppets. God just tells us what to do, and we do what he tells us. No, he gives us the free will to do what? To choose him. To choose to remain in the relationship. Jesus says, remain in my love. And we said, well, how do we do that, Lord? Be obedient mm. to my commandments. I mean, it's so it's it's that simple. And I love this other part that's in here that you know that he's gonna send us out as if wolves among wolves. Oh, I'm sorry. Mm. Lambs among wolves. You see, if we go out as a wolf, if he hurts me, I'm gonna hurt him. Mm. If he says this, I'm gonna say that no that's not of god that's not love but when we go out as lambs among wolves we're set apart we're different but then the lord says but i'm going to give you the power to tread on serpents and scorpions the full force of the enemy will not harm you because you see as we go out as lambs among wolves who want to devour us they want to devour us god is our shield God is our sword of truth. God is our helmet of protection. God is our, is our is our breastplate. God is who does the battle for us, and that that lamb image is a creature you and I that are totally dependent on God to protect us, feed us, clothe us, guide us, use us. It's awesome in that total surrender is not easy because we figure oh I've got to defend myself oh I got to, I got to fix it no when we let god do the battle oh my he's much better at that than we are and he always does it as a learning exercise for the other and also for you
2: mm-hmm. essentially david when you i I had just written a note um right before you said talking about defending yourself and the note i wrote was don't take it personally yep. so the lord is is inviting us as, you know we're we're part of this 72 now right uh he's inviting us out to share the good news but it's not gonna it's not gonna be accepted everywhere we go and just you know just move on it, it, isn't that freeing yep. that um you know it's probably because our hearts hurt for god maybe a little bit like that we want everybody to come home to the father and uh, and our hearts hurt but God doesn't want us to take it personally. It's, it's, you know, we're sharing the good news. We're making the invitation. And, you know, from that point on, it's up to them and their their free will, the gift of free will that God has given them. And I I just think that's so freeing is that, you know, we just, God's saying, don't take it personally. And he's also saying to trust, like don't take provisions, right, (laughs) you go and trust that I will provide. And when people give you gifts, you know, if they try to feed you and, and give you some lodging and, you know, accept the gifts. Along the way, but trust that that God will provide what you need. Maybe not everything we want, but what we need, and uh, and and just take it take it one day, one step.
1: You know, it's interesting, Rob, you were sharing because God it wants to send us
2: not as lone rangers because
1: there we get in trouble because then we become our own counselor. But two by two, and Rob, Rob, you came into my life just over ten years ago, and God united you and I to to, to found stewardship, and mission of faith to go out on this journey together. And millions of souls around the world have been touched by the Lord choosing to use you and I, two knuckleheads- (laughs) To to take his son, Jesus, into the world. Mm. You see, Jesus knows where he wants to go. It says it right here, where he intended to visit. He intends to visit places today, to visit people today. But guess what? He wants to do it through you through your yes, through your surrender. So make sure that in your life you have that, that counterbalanced person, you know, could be your wife, could be your best friend, whoever that the Lord is using to help you on your journey, to help give counsel to you, and then you know what? Be those lights in the world. Don't hide it. Say a prayer at the meals out of a public restaurant. You know, offer a prayer for people. When you say you're going to pray for someone, stop and pray right then and there. Stop, drop, and pray right then right there. Went to a, a restaurant uh, yesterday and went out for lunch. We're just sitting there and we're getting ready to order. And the waitress comes up and said, you know, Mr. Abel, she said, I know you're a prayer warrior. I just got news. My grandfather broke his neck. Would you please lift up? Don was his name in your prayers that he could have a miracle healing. Well, that only came because she saw us pray whenever we went there to eat, when we offered to offer prayer for her, for her needs over the years, she knew we were a safe place to come to ask for prayer in in something that happened in her family right there moments before we ordered our food. So you know what? Be that difference in the world. Be set apart. That's what holy means. Be set apart. That people want to, want to come up to you and say, I want what you have. And then you say, "Well, let me take you on a journey and mm-hmm. introduce you to my friend, yeah. my friend Jesus."
3: And too, David, I think you know, and Rob, you brought this up earlier that we don't often realize the impact and the power of our prayer, not just in the spiritual realm, but also in in the world that we live in, the, the impact we have on other people. Um, I often think that, and and um, I, I I like to think that when when we do grace before meals, when we're out to dinner, that. That were that's a witness for other people, and uh, you know having somebody come up and ask you for prayer, then I think just reinforces that. But the but the thing that I that I took from the gospel here was that when Jesus sends them out, he sends them directly. He says, you know, go on your way. Don't carry anything with you. Don't don't take a money bag or any of that stuff. Greet no one along the way. And it's kind of like, go right to the place and do, do what I told you to do. And I think that's important because a lot of times in our prayer life, I, I stop, I don't drop, but I often get emails from either Curcio Brothers or from the L- lay Dominicans. We have a prayer network where we, we pray for people. And it's a lot of those kinds of things. It's somebody broke their neck. It's somebody died yesterday. It's somebody that just found out they have cancer. It's some, it's those kinds of things. And when I get them, instead of saying, "Oh, I'll pray for them," you know, today or whatever, I do it right then and there because I I know I'll forget, and I and I incorporate that into my prayer for later. Um, but that's just part of I think it's you know the, the power of prayer. It's and the other thing too is it's not so much what it, it does for others as much as it also does for us because we we grow closer to Christ because. We're called to be for other people. I mean, the, the supreme act of sacrifice of Jesus was dying on the cross for us. And so what little we can do in our own life and whatever we can do, praying at meals, praying for people, being a witness to that, and having people come up and ask us for that, I think is just a, what do you call them? a heavenly kiss. You know, it's just another validation. But that's what we're supposed to be about. And to the extent that we can work that into the fabric of our, of our lives like that, I think it's really what God's calling us to
2: and the heavenly kisses sometimes come in the midst of some craziness in, in yeah. your life. Yeah. So the, the prequel, Dave, to us meeting, uh, I prayed the prayer cause I was involved in a business in Maryland and uh, I was commuting from Philadelphia to Maryland and, and it was assisted living. I was on fire for the Lord. So taking care of our elderly, it was just, it was awesome. It really was, uh, providing a nice place for 60 caregivers to work. Um, But it was a lot going back and forth and i just prayed the prayer lord you know keep the doors open if you want me to stay close the doors if you want me to leave (laughs) and uh oh boy Uh, he slammed them shut because like shortly after that prayer the markets crashed you know all the expansion plans we had just went you know went went down the tubes and i've been invited to go to this gospel reflection that david you were traveling to for quite a while from elizabethtown to chester pennsylvania and I just couldn't go because I was always going back and forth to, to Maryland. And the first day that I went after we you know, went through foreclosure and bankruptcy and everything crazy, I went to this gospel reflection. And that's the day that you and I met. And, uh, it was, uh, it was that heavenly kiss that you're talking about, Tom, in the midst of a storm, you know, cause it was, it was a, it was a tough time. Uh, so God, God's plan is the best plan, um, you know, I thought that the plan of expanding that to serve, to double the capacity of who we can serve, you know, I thought that was really noble and, and all, you know, all good, but apparently God had a, had a different plan and, and that's, that's how I ended up at that gospel reflection that day. It's, Hmm. uh, it's, it's awesome. It really is. You know, and God wants us,
1: Rob, like he took you through that painful journey. And of course I was on my own painful journey that caused me to go to gospel reflection through an invite of my best friend and our best friend because of the journey I was going through, one of the most painful journeys of my life. And I would drive two hours for a one hour meeting and drive home two Mm. hours and reflect on the meeting. And after a year and a half, it changed my life. Mm. And so 11 years ago, almost, we started our own gospel reflection group. And it's just been phenomenal ever Mm. since and and such a filling and a feeding. So, you know, it's amazing if we listen to the still quiet voice of the Holy Spirit, these God moments, heavenly kisses, divine appointments, they can happen every day for us because that's the relationship God the Father wants which with each and every one of his precious sons and daughters. That's you and I. And as you start hearing that still quiet voice and responding with love to what he's asking you to do without question, I sent you, Jesus sent them, it's amazing what God will do and how he'll use you. So for me, yesterday I was at Mass. I didn't want to get up in the morning. I didn't want to go to 7 o'clock Mass. I was too tired. I worked really hard the day before. And I was like, really considering not going, but I just kept getting the prompting, come on, get in the shower, come on, let's pick out the clothes. <laughs> so I went to Mass, and when I was in the middle of the Mass, uh, the two priests were from Nigeria, and and I got a prompting from the Spirit to go up and invite them to that big celebration dinner uh, earlier this week. And so I did. I just went up after Mass, and they were in the sanctuary, and I'm like, hey, Fathers, how are you? And I said, look, I just wanted to invite you guys. If you're not doing anything tonight, come to find out the... The one priest was only here for one night, that night, and he was leaving, and he wanted to see local something, and they had nothing to do that night. That probably was a coincidence. Yeah. And so I said, well, look, guys, I just was prompted. I said, it wasn't me. I think it's the it was the prompting of the Holy Spirit. The Father wanted to invite you to this big celebration and feast tonight. Do you want to come? Well, I'll tell you what, they were like two little boys. They came, they loved it. Mark Forrest, the Irish tenor, Uh, world-renowned, sang. They ate this uh, tomahawk steak. (laughs) They were in their glory for over three hours. It was so precious of a time. And again, it's right here in the gospel where these men who had given their life to the Lord received a gift from somebody who acknowledged it that the Lord chose to use as his messenger of love to say thank you. To both of these men, for their yes to being a priest, how many promptings do we miss to take Christ into someone, to take Christ and His love into someone that needs it?
2: Amen. And it, that calls for rejoicing. You know, we hear the, the word "rejoice" in the gospel, and the Lord says, "Well, don't rejoice because you can do all these great things. Because it's not you, right? It's it's, it's not you that's doing it. You, you you're." You're you're being you're making yourself available. It's it's me working through you. Don't rejoice in that, but rejoice because your names are written in heaven. And when we're when we're when we're when we are doing engaging, responding to God's invitation to us to do work for the kingdom, isn't it fun? I mean, it is like so fun. And I remember the one time Dave, when we were about to start the gospel reflection group that you that you just referenced, and uh, we were at a restaurant and we are talking about it and how to launch it and who to you know, get the letters out to inviting and, and we were just kind of going back and forth and we walked out and we met some people that I know well now, but they were your friends then. And like, what are you guys up to? You're like glowing. You remember that coming out of that restaurant, Ron, it was Ron Hoover. And, uh, he was like, what's going on? You guys look like you're like two little kids glowing. And and it was because we were rejoicing and doing work for the kingdom, you know? So it's, you know, faith and fun go hand in hand. And it's, uh, it's not something to compartmentalize, you know, tuck away for one hour a week or you know a little bit a day. It's it's God is inviting us to the abundant life, not the abundant hour. You know, He wants <laughs> uh, to give us the abundant life. He's waiting for us to, with open arms, to
1: receive it. Well, earlier that day of that story, if you remember, that morning I had gone to Saint Joan of Arc Mass, and when I came out of Mass, I had this craving. For fractured prune, bacon, Uh. egg, and cheese bagel sandwich, I started to drool. And in my heart, I said, Lord, is it okay if I go get one? And the answer came back, yes. I thought, all righty. (laughs) So I go out and get in my car. I drive to Hershey. They had a fractured prune at the time. I get to the fractured prune. I'm like, I can taste this sandwich. I go to the front door to open the door. It's locked. I went, huh. Hey, Lord. This wasn't funny. <laughs> I said, I got my taste buds all set.
2: You, like...
1: <laughs> you said yes, I come here, it's locked. I don't understand. I turn around now with my like a little boy with my head hung low. You know, daddy left me down. I'm walking back towards my car, and who's walking to me? The owner of the fractured prune. And we stopped and we talked, but before we did, I said a little prayer, I said, Lord, help me. Help me, this is a divine appointment, isn't it, Lord? And the answer was, yes, it is. And so I said, Holy Spirit, speak through me and help me to share what I'm to share and to hear what I'm to hear. And so we had this incredible conversation, and then it turned to just just some real wounds in this man. And we shared about the wounds and where he was at for 40 minutes. I just listened. And then I took two fingers and I touched him in his heart. I said, do you know how much God the Father loves you? And those two fingers pierced his heart and changed his life. And that man was the impotence for me saying yes to you to start Gospel Reflection because I invited him to be one of the first guests to come to help launch it. But that divine appointment, although it was about food, it really wasn't about food. God knew that man would be there, knew he needed me to be there to touch his heart, through God touching his heart through me at that moment. See, God wants to use us as his hands, his feet, his heart. God knew where he wanted to send his son Jesus in me to have that divine appointment with that man to make a difference in his life, to help him be set free. Precious, precious, precious.
2: And, and we never can underestimate how important those one-on-one encounters are, right? That, that the inconveniences or the disappointments, temporary disappointments of not getting the, the sandwich. But God is so generous with each one of his kids that he will orchestrate and allow things to happen, like you know, events and conferences or whatever, get a message to you, right? You are that loved. God loves you so intimately, so personally that He will, he will go to, to the ends to meet you where you need to be met. So ladies and gentlemen, share your God stories, your
1: divine appointments, and rejoice as God chooses to use you to bring His Son, Jesus Christ, into the world. God bless.
0: Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, A Mission of Faith. We hope that you have been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, Please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717 367 0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make reflections from the heart possible. If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax deductible donation by visiting StewardshipMission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.